Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Blog Talk Radio. No, 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 no. Kind of love that you give is too good to let go. Ain't no second person, cause I already know. If I can't trust in nobody, can trust in you for sure. I ain't got a dream. Wondering if you're creeping, cause I know you're right here with me when I'm sleeping. All the time I failed you, you never considered leaving. Never got mad and packed your bags and tried to find a reason.
Well, hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to SBSN Listen Live here on Spirit Soul Radio Network. And I am your host, Deandra. I am super excited to be on the air one more time. Amen. And I just thank you all for tuning in and joining me here. Guess what? I got a great broadcast for you all. Today, I have a special, special, special guest. She is my dear sister. Amen. I've had her on before. We're just there with that some things before, but I'm excited to have her back on again. Author, evangelist, Teresa J. Scott. Amen. And so she's going to share with us her book, Attitude of Love. Amen. The Ways of a Godly Wife. Guess what? If you are a wife, amen, if you're engaged and you're about to get married, amen, you need to continue to tune into this broadcast on today. So this is what I want you to do. Share the number, 310-982-4274. Amen. Also, Facebook, text somebody, tweet somebody, call somebody, message somebody, let them know that Hoseandra is on the air live and you do not want to miss this broadcast. You're tuning in through the studio. Amen. At any given time during the broadcast, make sure you press your pound one. Amen. And that will cue you in. To the broadcast so you can ask your questions and leave your comment. Amen. And so you have just heard Justin Shaw with Never Knew Love. And you can hear more of his music on SPSN Radio. Yes, Orlando presents SPSN Radio. God is doing some tremendous things. Keep posted to Spirit Soul Radio Network because we got some things in the works. Amen. And so we're going to keep you posted about what God is doing on Spirit Soul Radio Network, the merges, the connections, the shifts, amen, the things that God is doing, opening doors and opening up windows of blessings, amen, here on Spirit Soul Radio Network. So stay glued in, tuned in to this network, amen. And also, um, again, we have different events coming up, and uh, we're going to share those things with you on our Facebook page. So make sure if you have not liked our Facebook page, go to Facebook, type in Spirit Soul Radio Network. Amen. And that will come up and we'll keep you posted on what's going on. Meanwhile, let's get our spotlight guest, author, evangelist, Teresa J. Scott, on the air. Hey, what's up, sister? Amen. Good evening. Amen. I'm, I'm doing a few Let me, let me, let me change the phone real quick. All right. Sister, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Good evening, my sister. How are you? I am good. I am good. I am calm down. Amen. <laughs> oh my gosh. Look, I'm excited to have you on the air tonight. I'm always honored to uh, when we get together, when God puts us together to do anything, I'm always excited. I'm super excited about today because you're going to talk to us about your book, Attitude of Love, The Ways of a Godly Wife. Um, you were also on Pulse of the Northern Net radio show. Shout out to Brother Orlando Presents. Amen. You yes. Shared, uh, Gerald Scott shared your testimony. And so I'm excited to have you on tonight. So share with us. Um, you know, how, I mean, everything just came about because, again, you have a powerful, powerful testimony that will, I believe, and I know will help women that are wives and those that will soon become wives. So share with us your testimony. Well, um, I'll share a little bit because I want you to buy the book. 
<laughs> and read it. Um, but I was raised, I was born um, some years ago. won't give my age, but some years ago. And I was um, put in foster care not too long after my birth um, due to my parents' uh, inability to uh, raise us. I was the youngest at the time. And um, there were seven others, or eight others before me. Um, So because of an incident where someone beat my brother up, my dad actually abused my brother, who was two years old at the time. Because of that incident, we were all taken away and put placed in foster care. Um, My older siblings wound up going back home with my mom a few years later, but my brother and I, we never did. So in the midst of um, us being in foster care, we were in three foster cares that I know of. There was another one, but I was too young to remember. Um, But we were in three foster cares, and the first one was great. Um, She was a saved woman, and I believe God placed us there because he knew of the hardships that I was going to have to endure later on in life, and that's where I got filled with the Holy Ghost at the age of 11. And... um, we left that we left that foster home and went to another foster home where um, the lady was an alcoholic. Her boyfriend, who stayed there off and on, he was an alcoholic. Um, that's where I began to um, get touched by men. He was the first man who touched me um, inappropriately, and um, because she had a home. Um, in another part of the city where she ran numbers and um, did cards over there, I was the quote-unquote cigarette girl, so I would go to the store for the men. They would give me money, of course, but at the same time, they would touch me inappropriately. Um, At first, it kind of freaked me out, but it became a normal. So, you know, that's what my life was until we got taken away from her. But even in that home, I was abused by a foster child that was there. She was, um, of course, female, and um, she used to abuse me sexually and tried to make me become a lesbian, so I was abused that way. Um, The foster mother in that same home, she abused my brother and I, put us in a tub, beat us with a cord um, and the water. And if you hear noise in the background, it's because it's thundering here right now um, because it's so hot. But... um, So we got out of that foster home and um, went to another, the last foster home. And I went to that foster home when I was 12. And um, when we got there, there was a lot of uh, verbal abuse. Uh, We got called names. There was distinctions made between us and the foster child that was there prior to us. Um, We were, it was known to us that we were there only because of the money that they were receiving for us. Um, and the the mother, the foster mother in this last foster home, she was like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, especially on Sunday mornings. On Sunday she would transform into this, you know, deacon's wife, and she had her special seat in the church where nobody could sit but her. She had her makeup on right, her clothes were perfect, everything. Um, When we got in the church, when she got home and, you know, then that's the other side of her came out. She was mean. She was abusive to her husband. She was abusive to us. Um, there's just a lot of things that went on in that foster home. And out of the 
the two foster homes, the the second the second and the third one, um, that's where I learned my abusive behaviors. I learned to be abusive in, in those homes. Um and that I don't I didn't remember this part before I had written my book, but um when I was even in the first foster home I was being touched um inappropriately by that foster parent's grandchildren, her grandsons. So wow. you know wow. it it was something that had happened in my life from when I was young, very young. And um these are the kind of things that I took with me into my adulthood. Now, mind you, I wasn't promiscuous when I was single. I got promiscuous when I got married the first time. That's when wow. I became promiscuous. Um, and I was 17 when I got married. I didn't know how to be a wife. I didn't know I didn't know how to be me because I just was mimicking things that I had seen um, right. growing up. I didn't really know who Teresa was. Um, and... That marriage ended after 12 and a half years. Then I married someone else. And if you read a book entitled, um, Dear Lord, I Married the Wrong Person, I'm a co-author in that book. And it's, um, it talks about my second marriage, how I just went into this marriage because I was lonely and he said the right things and he came along at the right time. He was a, he was a drug addict and I knew it, but I married him anyway because I was needy. And I needed to be with someone. So needless to say, that marriage didn't last. And um, he was abusive in that marriage. He he was emotionally abusive as well as physically abusive. And he only, he hit me one time, and that was the last time. But, you know, it happened. And then after I uh, married him and things went really bad, I met my current husband, Bishop Scott, and um, he actually fell in love with me. And I fell in love with him, but we have two different stories of how we met, and it's hilarious. But um, I didn't know how to be a wife to him either. I didn't know how to love him with real love. You know, all I could do was love him by what I knew, but I was emotionally abusive to him. And there was an incident where I was physically abusive to him when he was sick in his hospital bed, and um, he needed to be changed because he thought I'm a step. He couldn't walk. He couldn't get him to go to the bathroom and toilet himself, but he had an accident in the bed, and I had to go down there and change him. And I, I was very mean with it. I, I pushed him over. I, I pushed him very harshly and rolled him over. And I don't even know what I was saying out of my mouth, but I know it wasn't nice. And um, at that moment, I think I had an emotional breakdown because, I had said to myself, I didn't sign up for this. This is not why I got married. I didn't get married to take care of a man. A man is supposed to take care of me. I didn't, my mindset was, I was messed up. I was I was messed up in my mind. But it was all coming out as a result of me having to be his caretaker. And that's when I started the process of writing this book. Now, when I wrote the book, um, an attitude of love. I wasn't ready, Deandra. I wasn't ready to write the book. I was writing it just because I could write a book, but I wasn't ready. The things that I had written in the book, I wasn't living. The advice that I was giving, I wasn't living. <laughs> the 
None of that stuff that I wrote about was I living. And God is so smart that when I wrote that book, he shut production down of that book. The company that I went through to um, distribute this book went out of business. Therefore, I couldn't sell the book anymore because although there was some truth in that book, I wasn't living it. I was living a lie. So in 2014, I believe, my husband came to me and he said, Teresa, it's time for you to um, republish that book. And I'm like, what? He said, it's time for you to republish that book. And so I did. And with this book, we revised it and we added a workbook to it. And the purpose for the workbook is because in my experience with reading books, I write notes in my book. And then I can go back years later and reflect on what I wrote and see if there are any growth in that area. So in this book we have scriptures on top of scriptures on top of scriptures that the reader has to write out themselves. We talk about the marriage vows. We talk about the character of the wife. We talk about baggage. Are you carrying baggage into your relationship that you have now? Are you carrying baggage from a past relationship and you're making your current spouse pay for what your former spouse did or your former, you know, relationship did? You know, and and that's what I was doing. Everything that everybody did to me up to me prior to me meeting Gerald, he had to pay for. Wow. He took the blunt of it. He took... He took it all because I couldn't get to the people who really hurt me. So he had to bear all of what I was feeling. And I don't, I keep telling you this, I don't know why he stayed with me. Because if I was him, I would have left a long time ago. Wow. But wow. he stayed and he loved me through it. And, and we're still together. And we were just talking to each other um, today and um the other day when we went to Wildwood, we were talking about how we just really know that we love each other because some things that we do, and it's like, dang, I really do love you, you know, whereas we couldn't say that a few years ago because we thought we was loving each other, but now we know we are. And, you know, I have I have to ask and interject this question because so many people feel like, Oh, I love him. Oh, I love her. And then when the covenant is made and the trials and tests come, then they were like, wait, hold up. I, like you said, I didn't sign up for this. So what did you sign up for? So talk to those listeners that are getting ready to step into this covenant of marriage. And, you know, she's like, oh, I just love him. I just love, you know, talk to that woman that woman of God uh, that's about to venture into this journey, this lifelong journey of of marriage, uh, uh, encourage your hearts on today because I know there's a lot of them that are engaged and they're ready to get ready to go down that aisle and say their vows. But minister to that woman that has that ring on her finger, excited about the engagement, but is about to walk into the covenant. I would caution you, woman, to examine your vows. Examine your vows and then examine your heart. 
it's easy to say, I'm going to be with you for the good times and the bad, for sickness and in health, for rich or for poor. It's easy to say that until you have to go through it. See, we've, we've made the vow something that, you know, oh, that's cute for you to say or, you know, it sounds good for you to say that. But examine the vows that you take before God, before that person that's marrying you, and before the person you're marrying. Examine those vows. Ask yourself, if my husband got sick, I mean sick or disabled, would I be there for him? Would I be able to be the wife that he needs if something like that should happen to him? Would I be there still with my husband if we went into this marriage with money but we lost everything? We became homeless. Would I still stick with him? If things happen, if my husband, if your husband, if your husband cheated on you, would you be able to endure that? Would you be able to forgive him? Because the vow says in good times and in bad. Would you be able to forgive your husband for that indiscretion? Would you be able to forgive your husband for any other indiscretion that he may uh, enact? These are the kind of questions you have to ask yourself because we might be lovey-dovey and we might be in the moment of, oh, I'm getting ready to get married. Oh, look at this ring. This is a bad ring. Look at this. Mm-hmm. And you're all happy and everything. But think about those vows. And I'm not saying this to discourage anyone from getting married. I'm saying this to encourage you to examine your heart. And on the other side, it's easy to say, yeah, I would stick with my husband if he was sick and if he did it. But, honey, let me tell you, my husband my husband and I, we've been through each one of the good and the bad, for rich and for poor, for sickness and in health. We've been through all of that. When I met my husband, he wasn't in a wheelchair. We got married in, in babe, what year did we get married? I forgot. 1999. We got married in 1999. He wasn't in a wheelchair. He had cerebral palsy, but he wasn't in a wheelchair. Amen. (laughs) So, you know, these are the kind of things you have to consider because quiet as it's kept, when your husband or your spouse goes from being able-bodied to not being able to do what they used to be able to do, oh, it takes a toll on you. It takes a toll on you. And you have to know that you know that you know that you love that person. You have to know that. And although my love wasn't what it should have been, I still knew that I loved him, but I had a whole lot of stuff that needed to be worked on on me. When my husband came into some money, I was the nicest girl. I was so sweet. I was so nice. I was mm, everything. I was just nice. When the money started running out, I reverted right back to who I used to be. Wow. Wow. And he, he said it. He said, oh, the money's the money's running out now, so I guess things are going to be like they used to be, huh? And we were standing on a street corner waiting for the bus when he said that to me. And I was like, oh, my God. It was like he stabbed me. It was like he just he just stabbed my heart when he said that. But when he said it, it made me realize that I hadn't changed, really. I was acting nice because he was giving me all that money. But wow. 
after the money ran out, DeAndra, I went right back to acting the way I was acting before. Wow, wow, wow. That's amazing. That that speaks, again, that speaks volumes. And I have to say this, your testimony and Bishop Joe Scott's testimony just speaks volumes. And it's needed in this generation. It's needed in this time. I want you to share with our listening audience how they can purchase an attitude of love, the ways of a godly wife. Um, they can go to Amazon, Amazon.com, and look up an attitude of love, the ways of a godly wife, or look up Teresa J. Scott, and it'll come up. So it's on Amazon. It's in Kindle form, as well as paperback. Um, it can also be purchased on CreateSpace, uh, BarnesandNoble.com, and BooksAmillion.com. It can be purchased there and those places as well. Amen. And just to um, piggyback off of what you said, um, listeners, if you go on to uh, Radio on Block Talk Radio, you'll see the link on the slideshow, the different links where you can go and purchase your book. Look, I believe also you said you have a workbook that comes with the book. Yes, it's included in the book. I didn't want to. We had thought about doing two separate books, but we figured, you know, why have people purchase two separate books when you can just get it in one? Um, yeah, and it's a, it's, it's a real workbook. It's, it's I'm not giving you the answers to anything. When I ask a question in the book, the reader has to research it and get the answer. Wow, I simply love it, and that's why I urge you to go get the book because, um, like she said, it's one thing to say, oh, I love him, <laughs> amen, and even to say, oh, I'll be with him through the bad times, the good times. Look, you really have to evaluate this thing because it is a covenant. It is yes. a covenant, and not just it's not a contract. It's a covenant. <laughs> and so um, I, I want to ask this real quick. I don't know if you uh, mentioned it in the book or not, but I wanted to ask this because you mentioned you were married twice, uh, well, two times before you married Bishop Gerald Scott. So uh, what is your stance on uh, those that have been married and, you know, divorced? Uh, <laughs> yeah, what is your stance on marriage and divorce? My sense is don't get divorced if you don't have to. Um, God frowns on divorce. Now, let me say this. When I got married at 17 years old, I didn't have a lick of a clue what I was doing, okay? So I didn't have anybody to really guide me and tell me not to do that. I was getting married as a means of escape. The person that I married was in the military, and he got me away from the abusive situation that I was in. That's why I married him. There was no there was no covenant, really. Um it really wasn't. At, I was 17 years old. Um the second marriage, I knew what marriage was, but I was so messed up in my head that I felt like I needed to be with someone. I had I had never been really on my own um in any of my adult life. So I felt like I needed this person. And um, although I did have my pastors at the time telling me not to marry him, one of them, 
she refused to come to the wedding, but the head pastor, he married us. Um, so I'm like, okay, this is all right. But I knew going in that I shouldn't have done that. I should have stayed unmarried um, until I met Gerald. So I'm not one to really believe in divorce because I, I don't think that God hates divorce. Let's just say it that way. God hates divorce. He says it in his word. He hates divorce. But in my case, the first time, that wasn't a, that was something I just did. I didn't know nothing about a covenant or anything else like that. That was something that I did. Um, and when I remarried, I asked God to forgive me because I know he said he hates divorce. But I believe God sent me Gerald for my husband. I believe God ordained this marriage. And we, when, when we went into this marriage, we went into this marriage before God. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody who doesn't believe in divorce, but... God can do anything. Amen, amen. And I just um, I just want to interject and want to encourage those that have experienced uh, divorce, have experienced uh, various things, contesting trials in your relationship. God is a God that restores. Yes. Amen. So I just want to encourage, I, I just feel that, that there's someone out there listening, you're like, well, I've been through this in my marriage, and I've been through divorce, and can God bless me again? Can I can I move forward? Look, I've had, including uh, author Evangelist Teresa Scott, I've had other guests on here that also talked as well uh, about divorce and, and about marriage and about relationship, and about relationship of God can restore. And I just want to encourage your hearts on today that, you know, put your situation in God's hand, that brokenness yes. that you feel, let God mend it. Amen. Don't sit there and stay broken. You don't have to stay broken. You can get healed on today. Yes. And so yes. allow God to mend your broken pieces. Amen. And just rescope your life. Rescope you as an individual. Rescope uh, all the different connections that you have in your life. And, and believe me, when God rescopes, amen, he's going to move some people out of your life. He's going to add yes. some people to your life. Because mm-hmm. everybody that comes into your life is not permanent. They're not there for the whole journey. They're there for a season. And so when people come into your life, you must discern, are these people here for a season or are they here for my journey? And so we have to be careful who we connect. To. Amen. Yes. So I just want yes. to encourage. I want to encourage those that are listening. God can restore. Give him your broken pieces. Let him mend it. Amen. Let him heal you, and let him bring in those people that need to be in your life. But discern whether they're going to be there for the season or for the journey. Amen. And so thank you so much, my sister, for coming on the show on today. Thank you so much. And again, share how our listening audience audience can purchase your book. We are on Amazon.com. You can search Teresa J. Scott, or you can search An Attitude of Love, The Ways of a Godly Wife, and you will see um, the product there on uh, Kindle as well as paperback. Amen, amen. So you have a blessed night on tonight, and thank you for coming on the show. Oh, thank you. It's over so soon. Just go by so quick. <laughs> I know. We gotta have you come back on again and again. 
God is good. Yes. Amen. So on that note, everybody, thank you for tuning in to SPSN. Listen live with me, your host, Andre, and make sure you go out and support author, evangelist, Teresa J. Scott. You want to be blessed in the covenant that you're about to enter. Amen. And even those that are married and already in covenant, amen, you will be blessed by her book, by her testimony, amen, and it will minister to you. I'm going to leave you with these words, be encouraged, inspired, and what? Forever change. God bless. Father, we just want to give you praise because you've been that good to us.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.